Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. I love state fairs. The rides, the livestock, and don't even get me started on the food. I mean, who wouldn't want a deep-fried Twinkie? (laughs) I admire the person who thought of that one. Well, I got to wondering about what it takes to put on a state fair. And of course, in true Triangle 411 style, what goes on behind the scenes? I don't want to be another reporter telling you (laughs) how many people attend every year or, and we will cover the who, what, when, and so you have information if you want to go, but let's go behind the scenes. So we invited Heather Overton the Assistant Director of the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, to give us a peek. Although she deals with the North Carolina State Fair, I imagine much of this general info she will be sharing might apply to many other state fairs. Welcome, Heather. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. In brief, because we're going to get into a lot of detail, but in brief, how is a state fair put together? Well, the state fair is the largest event in North Carolina. It takes a big team to put it together. Um, A lot of people seem to think that the fair, I don't know, moves from place to place, which is not really completely true. We do book a carnival, and, um, and we do have different vendors that come in, but it also takes... A, a lot of planning. Um, there's more than 200 food vendors. There's a carnival. There's competitions. There's livestock shows. There's grounds entertainment. There's concerts. There's a craft uh, area for heritage crafts. So it's uh, it takes a lot of planning and a year-round staff to to pull all that off. I think a lot of people don't think it's a year-long uh, challenge to put this together too. That's interesting. And some of the things you mentioned, by the way, listeners, we're going to have a fun trivia, uh, contest at the end of the show for (laughs) some of these fun facts. But for right now, something else you may not know is that the fairground also operates as a campground for some of the vendors. Tell us about that. Well, the, the fairground is a year round operation too. We have, uh, you know, more than 500 other events, including we have a flea market every weekend. And we also operate a 350-site RV campground. Um, the the sites have water, sewer, and electrical hookup. We have wi- we offer Wi-Fi, and we, uh, and we offer um, 24-hour security. While these spaces are not available during the month of October, because then the spaces are usually filled with our vendors or other people that are helping us put on the fair, the rest of the year, people that um, that need to stay in Raleigh or might be attending one of the other events at the fairgrounds um, can rent a site from us for $30 a day. Interesting. So let's talk about the challenges. Um, you know, 
something maybe that didn't work out. Tell us a story about that and how you solved it. Well, um, the fair is always, uh, you know, it always has challenges every year. Of course, 2020 was one of the, the biggest challenges since, you know, I've ever, since I've been involved with the state fair. Um, and the challenge of 2020, of course, is the fair was canceled due to COVID. Um, the challenge that the cancellations brought along is the NC State Fair operates as what they call an enterprise fund which means that we rely on revenue that's generated by rental and um, and by the fair itself to operate the fairgrounds and pay the staff. Um, and due to the cancellation of the 2020 State Fair and other events on the fairgrounds, we were forced to make some really tough decisions, um, including we had to furlough many of our employees. Um, in total, 20, in total for the fair lost about $9.5 million in revenue Ooh, in 2020. Ouch, ouch. Which, you know, was one of the reasons why we're excited that we have the chance to, you know, hopefully, you know, bring the fair back this year, you know, hopefully bigger and better than, than ever. Um, we take our jobs of upholding the traditions of the fair and maintaining the many historic buildings on our sites very chilly, uh, very seriously. Um, and the fair always has challenges, but 2020 was especially hard year. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to hear that you said it's coming back bigger and better. So so no cutbacks. It's not going to be like a any type of reduced kind of fair still accommodating the whole COVID thing. It'll be full scale. We are planning a full scale fair. All right, great. And, and that's what we're hoping for. And, you know, and under current guidelines, uh, that's what people can, can expect. Okay, wonderful. And we hope <laughs> fingers and toes cross current guidelines stay as they are and things get better. Okay, yeah. so how about some of the vendors? This is always interesting, the, the the circuit. What's that about? You get the same vendors coming back every year, more or less. We do. Um, you know, one of the craziest questions that we get either by, you know, on our Facebook page or people emailing the fair or even calling our switchboard is, you know, we get, well, where's the fair going to be next week? And and quite honestly, the fair doesn't really work that way. Um, the way the fair works is we have um, we have food vendors that are located all over North Carolina. Most of them are independent vendors, or they might operate a restaurant somewhere else, and then they come and they do the fair, too. Um, there's more than 200 food vendors at the fair, and each of them are independently booked into the fairgrounds. Um, a couple of examples of this would be like Charlie Barefoot's Hot Dog, which is local to Johnson County. They've been here a long time. Uh, we have Miss Debbie's Apples. We have Pick and Pig, which is a, a cool restaurant in Carthage that's, lo- that's located at their airport. And they also have a booth in Kitty Land that has some of the best barbecue Sundays. Um, cool Runnings, uh, they're operated by a couple that live in the Raleigh area, and they have great jerk chicken tacos. Uh, Waypoint Seafood has a restaurant in Wanchies. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of local businesses and it's local businesses that have roots here in North Carolina. Okay. So what if somebody new wanted to come? Are, how, how does that work? Like somebody, a new vendor would like to come to the fair. Do you ever entertain that or it's just always these same folks? Um, we do. Now it's, Vendors are, are given first rider re- refusal when it comes to their space. 
uh, new vendors are worked in on an as-needed basis. Now, we have a very low turnover rate, uh, less than 5%. Um, and when we do look to fill a space, uh, we look at what food or product um, that maybe the NC State Fair does not have. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at what would be a good addition to that area of the fairgrounds. Um, most returning vendors, uh, they they want to be in the same spot each year. And one of the reasons for that is that so their loyal customers know where to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, when we do move an exhibit or a popular vendor, we, we work really hard to make sure that information is clearly communicated on our website or through, or through the press. Um, because we know that people will be out here looking for them, and we want to make it as easy as possible for them to find it. That's right. When I go, I do know what corner my favorite pizza's on and my favorite taco where that's headed, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a good would, plan. Yes, and you would be mad at us if we moved it, right? <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd be mad, but I'd be like, where is it? I'd be kind of – my first thought would probably be, oh, no, it's not here this year. So it's good. There's – you know, tradition is good. It's good. You know, but do you, how do people, or how does the fair regulate premier locations then just because you've been a long time participant? Um, well, space is usually available on a, on a footage basis. Um, but yes, it's, it would be longevity. It would be, you know, being a good vendor. Um, it would be how, popular you are, especially maybe let's say you're a vendor and you want another booth, then, you know, we, you know, we would look into, well, would the fair support you having two booths Mm -hmm. or would the fair, or could you support with your staff having two booths? So there is a lot that goes into it. So you mentioned all the food vendors and I wanted to ask you, what do you hear from folks about what their favorite food is at the fair? Maybe, maybe the top two that you hear about. Food is the number one reason people come to the fair. Um, we know that for a fact. We know it from the surveys mm-hmm. that we've done, um, and we know that from the interest that we get when we put out information about the new food vendors on um, on our social media. Um, I think that probably what most people want when they come to the fair is roasted corn, turkey legs, um, it, Italian sausage sandwiches, Maybe ham biscuits because we've had those out there for years. Uh, fried Oreos. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much, we have I think just about every type of food. Um, I was talking to a nurse recently that was telling me how you know how important the fair is and how much she missed it last year. And and I asked her because I always like to ask people that question too. Is well, what's your favorite fair food? And she told me it was shark bites. Which, believe it or not, I have never had shark bites at the fair, mm. but they're out there. Oh, um, wow. I just think that with the amount of choices that we offer at the fair, um, I think everyone has a favorite, and they could all be different. Mm-hmm. Certainly something for everybody, no matter what your taste is. Except I was trying to think of a food that maybe we don't have at the fair, and the only one that I could come up with is I am pretty sure that none of our vendors offer sushi. All right. <laughs> but there's all kinds of things that come close. So again, something for everybody. I, I don't think there's anybody that can go away and say, I didn't get what I wanted. So now let's talk a little bit about the, the competitions. I, I understand there's some new ones in 2021. I, I want to 
ask you first about this one I'm very intrigued about because this is hot. This is hot. And this is, you know, again, you can see the hard work of the, uh, <laughs> the folks that get involved in putting this on to know that decorated footwear is hot. This is new this year. Tell us about that. Well, it is a new competition we're, we're offering this year. Um, it's part of our decorated creations category. Um, and this competition is designed to be uh, kind of what we call a gateway competition. And that's a competition that the people who, who might want to participate, it might be something that you can complete, you know, right before the fair. Or it's something that maybe you can do with a group of people where you all decorate your own your own shoes. Um, a lot of our competitions for some people can be very daunting. I mean, it could be pieces that someone has worked on all year, like a quilt or a cross stitch or a, a wood turning. And a lot of people might be intimidated about entering in, entering those competitions. So we try to offer some competitions like the decorated footwear that anybody can do. All it takes is a little bit of fabric marker, glitter, beads, and an imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, the decorated footwear category, you know, we're we're basically encouraging someone to go wild when decorating an old pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can turn them into anything you want, and then you enter them, um, and we'll display them at the fair, and you might, for your creativity, win a blue ribbon. And we have other competitions that are designed to be, you know, in this, what we, you know, gateway-type competitions. One that I think that's going to be really popular this year, and I'm going to be I'm going to be really curious to see the you know what the submissions we get is we're doing a painted rock competition this year, and I think that maybe youth groups or other children's groups might get really into to decorating their rocks for the fair, and I'm I'm very excited to see um, what types we get. That which that should be interesting too, and and I also understand there's Christmas trees and. Uh, wheelbarrow competition. So lots of fun. So let's go on to something. Again, I did not know this. I did not know there were costume contests at the fair. For In our livestock shows, uh, we do have categories um, for a cow costume contest and a goat costume contest. <laughs> and in these competitions, it's not only the the animal that gets the costume it's usually the handler um the kid that the kid that's showing the animal will be dressed up to um it's it's very fun to watch and and the kids get very creative with the costumes and one of the things that i like about the competition category is that those that may not know a lot about how an animal is judged during a typical livestock show i mean it's not something that that those who haven't grown up around animals or doing livestock shows would know. But it, you can go and watch one of the competition contests, costume competition contest and, and really get, you know, an idea of, of what a livestock show is like. Okay. And, and, and just something I wanted to point out, because I found this was interesting. Uh, the roots of the state fairs, everywhere really, are actually as an agricultural showcase. And farmers and families would come to learn new crop techniques and see the latest equipment, the food, the rides, the entertainment, some of these aspects that we're talking about grew over time. North Carolina, our number one industry is agriculture. And but based on the latest census data that came out this year, and you know it, it shows that we have we have a lot of people into our state, um, into our urban areas, 
And, you know, they may not be as familiar about North Carolina's agricultural roots. Um, and these, and the exhibits at the fair are now are meant, meant to highlight and to celebrate agriculture. Um, it used to be, you know, back when the fair started in 1853, it was an agricultural showcase. Farmers and their families would come to Raleigh and learn new crop techniques. They'd see the latest farm equipment. Um, and now there's just not the need for that. Um, now farmers in the agricultural community, they have field days at research stations. They have the annual Southern Farm Show that comes to the fairgrounds in February, which means that the fair now serves as a celebration of agriculture, this celebration of the harvest. Um, and we do try to keep our roots agriculture. Mm-hmm. On the first Friday of the fair, we actually have a tobacco tying competition or the, or looping, depending on what part of the state you might be from, um, where we, we, you know, tie or loop the tobacco mm-hmm. together and then we fill the tobacco barn down in Heritage Circle and then during the week of the fair, tobacco is being cured. Uh, we keep someone down there all the time to monitor it and it's, it's a very interesting to see the process, process, especially if you're unfamiliar with how tobacco was cured. Well, that's and good then, to know. That's good to know. And, you know, but I, I, but I think it's also nice that we have these other aspects. So there's something, again, for everybody, like we spoke about. We're just about out of time here because I do want to get to the trivia game that Heather provided. So let's get some of the details for the folks wanting to see you at the fair. Can you give us the, the website or where they can get more information? Yes. Uh, you know, our fair this year is going to be worth the wait. Um, it's going to run October 14th through the 24th. Uh, you can save money by ordering your tickets online in advance. Our website is ncstatefair.org. And I would also like to encourage people, if you are interested in, in trying for a blue ribbon or in your entering one of our competitions, the deadline for entering a competition is September 15th. It is free. We have a competition for everyone, and I recommend you go online and look at what we have available. Well, Heather, thanks so much for being here and and showing us a little bit behind the scenes of a state fair. Thank you. So the trivia game, let's see how you do. It's going to be true or false. So I'll read a statement, and you let me know if you think it's true or false. There are 2,855 windows on the exterior of Dorton Arena. True or false? True. Here's another big number, 1,674. That's the number of mums ordered for the flower and garden show. True or false? It's true. I couldn't make up that big number. There are 18 different livestock competitions. True or false? That one's false. You'd have to add 10 to it. There are 28 different livestock competitions. How about trash cat, trash bags? 30,000 are ordered to accommodate the 11-day event. True or false? That's false. 50,000 trash bags are ordered. Now, toilet paper, what do you think? (laughs) I'm going to say there's 2,400 supersized rolls of toilet paper 
or 900 miles that are used at the fair. True or false? That's true. How many carnival rides? I say 100. True or false? True. Now tell me, is 38 the number of years Big Smokey has been at the North Carolina State Fair in the forestry exhibit? True or false? That's true. 250,000 daily programs are printed. 250,000 daily programs are printed. True or false? That's true. In 2019, Danny Fester of Spring Hope set a state record with a 1,506 and a half pound pumpkin. True or false? That is true. The longest Food vendor, Carrie United Methodist, has been serving ham biscuits at the fair since 1916. True or false? Also true. And the last trivia question, drum roll. The mum tree is the most popular place for photos at the fair. True or false? That's false. The giant pumpkins are the most popular photo site, followed closely behind by the mum tree. Well, I hope you enjoyed learning more about state fairs and had fun with the trivia game. How'd you do? (laughs) Good, I hope. Well, here's something else I know you will want to learn about, and this is our nonprofit spotlight organization for today. It is Sustainable. Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education. They offer farmer-driven grassroots grants and education programs. Since 1988, Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education grantees have been putting the principles of sustainable agriculture into practice on farms and ranches in every state. Four regional offices, North Central, Northeast, South, and West, administer their grants and conduct educational activities. This is throughout the United States. Their grants are available to farmers, ranchers, researchers, educators, and others involved in U.S. agriculture for research and education projects. For more info, you may go to S-A-R-E dot org. S-A-R-E dot org. Well, it's time to high five and say goodbye. Keep listening. You could hear some of Oprah's direction on not being afraid to fail or enjoy the journey of a climber who scaled all 58 Colorado 14ers. That's its 14,000-foot peakers. Learn how to get a disability dog, 
have your dream interpreted, or kick COVID out of here in a Roaring twenty style. It's all at Triangle 411. Please be sure to subscribe and like us. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 share goodness.